What population is an important part of the church membership, but ignored until it's too late? What department is always looking for volunteers and has seasoned leaders burnt out and discouraged? If you said youth and young adults, and that department is youth ministry, then I have to say that I completely agree with you. My name is Eric Jean-Baptiste, and welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. Here, we discuss all the difficult and rewarding work that is engaging with youth and young adults today. We do that by having open conversations with those in this field at every level in the church today. So, let's not be silent. Let's join in the conversation. All right, everybody, welcome to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. I am super excited today because I did it. I want to give myself a pat on the back. But let me tell you something. God always makes a way. I have Sister Kenya Reyes, who is working at the General Conference in Youth Ministry. How are you doing today, Sister? I'm doing great. I'm super excited to be here to finally get this going. I'm wonderful. Oh, that's so awesome. I, 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 I'm, see, I'm, stum- I'm stammering already. <laughs> I'm nervous, but um, let's just get it started. Could you give us a little biography about yourself? Ooh, a biography. Okay, let's try this. So, uh, Kenya Reyes, I born and raised in Bronx, New York, (laughs) boogie down. I've been working with the Greater New York Conference for uh, for a while now. I became a master guy back in 2011. Um, And since then, I've been an area coordinator for the Bronx, uh, most recently, after being a drilling and marching instructor for our conference, I became the drilling and marching coordinator for Greater New York Conference. Um, we've just been working as a Pathfinder subdirector, adventure director, adventure counselor, Pathfinder counselor, um, AY subdirector, just a little bit of everything, dabbing, dabbling in that, and just, you know, using our gifts for God. Amen. So, uh, you gave a nice, short, concise bio right there. So let's yep. get to the real question that I have <laughs> is um, your journey to the general conference. Could you give us a little insight into that? Well, that journey, uh, I always say, you know, that was all God. Um, I think that God has been preparing me for a while now. You know, I started Pathfinders not as a Pathfinder. You know, usually people start in the club and they start as Pathfinders, move their way up. I actually really submerged myself into Pathfinder Ministries at 17 years old. I was already a counselor by the time I came in and I learned to love this ministry. And that's what ultimately brought me to the general conference, my love for Pathfinder Ministries. And luckily, you know, we have uh, Pastor Andres Peralta, who is our associate youth director working in Pathfinder Ministries. And uh, through him, he, you know, he let me know about this position and he asked me if I was interested. And and I definitely, I mean, how was I going to say no? Uh, but in my wildest dreams, you know, no one ever goes, I want to work at the general conference. I never thought it would be possible. And God has brought me there. You know, I started, I did an interview back in uh, February, I believe. And then I think it was less than 30 minutes later after the interview finished with uh, Pastor Gary Blanchard and Andres Peralta, the HR director, she told me that they were offering me, they were recommending my name to be considered. And I mean, I said, yes, please recommend it. I definitely, you know, I, I'm more than excited to be able to take on this, this position. And, and God, you know, he just opened doors for me, brought me out here to Maryland. It was a big, 
you know, shifts from New York City to Maryland. But, you know, when God says go, uh, who am I to question? So I'm out here working for Pathfinders Worldwide. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah. as you can tell, she is excited to be working in the world avenue in Pathfinder ministry. Um, you're very excited about youth ministry. So let me ask, um, what's, I know you just started, but what's it like there? Like what, what, what's the buzzing? What's the, I would love to be a fly on the wall. So what, what happens there? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's like I said, like right now I'm basically getting paid to do what I was always doing, which was just talking all day like the entire day about new plans, you know, and about things that we're doing. Just recently we had Global Youth Day mm -hmm. and that was an exciting time for us. Everyone was just kind of like, oh, what are we going to do about this? We're going live for 24 hours. And everyone was working towards one goal and talking about how that would impact youth. And right now, you know, with Pastor Andres Peralta, like we're just, just getting excited for Oshkosh. We're getting excited for Pathfinder Day. We have so many projects. We're working on the Outfitter Store which is designed to help out different divisions, uh, excluding the North American division because we have Advent Source. Mm -hmm. But we're here to provide, you know, pins and patches and everything that you need for your uniforms. And we're just trying to revamp that and just kind of revitalize like our position as a general conference in Pathfinder ministry. So it's like the entire day, all we talk about is pins, patches and, and neckerchiefs and things. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, for those who are, quote, Pathfinder nerds, yes. that is a mecca to have nothing but patches, pins, honors, talking about that <laughs> all day long. Some people are like, what is, what is that? That sounds boring. But for us, that's like, oh. That's, listen, the first time they took me down to the store and I saw boxes and boxes with thousands, not hundreds, thousands of patches and pins i was like what is this beautiful wonderful world <laughs> this is beautiful i love it <laughs> awesome awesome um yeah. yeah still going in the realm of pathfinders um mm -hmm. you are still currently a drilling and marching coordinator for greater new york conference mm -hmm. let me ask uh for those who are in drilling and marching why do you love drill so much oh my goodness that's a i feel like everyone who's in drilling and marching doesn't have like one answer that you can describe it. I think it's more about a feeling, like the adrenaline, the excitement that goes through you at first as, as a part of a drill team, you know, when you're in your club and, and they're doing eliminations or you're learning some new moves for a fancy uh, routine. I think that that's where it starts. Um, and then ultimately now, you know, as a drilling and marching coordinator, I don't do much marching myself. But I think it's, it's the, the, the smile and the excitement that you see in a Pathfinder when they learn something as simple as like, you know, to the rear march or right flank, the excitement that you see in their faces and, and how they want to keep going for hours and you have to tell them like, hey, relax. Uh, I think it's just being able to work as a team um, and learning things that, that you never really thought that you could do. And then you see yourself and you're like, wow, like I've made it so far. And, and the thing about drilling in March and you can constantly see your progress. Um, and I think that the more you learn, the more you see, like, come on, like you see videos of Oshkosh and you see all these people competing. You're like, this is so great. How did they come up with these things? You know, and I've had the, the, the like the real pleasure and honor to be able to have gone to the Inter-American Division Camprey in the Dominican Republic two years ago. And just to see like different pathfinders from all over the world, how this one thing really unites us. You know, it's a language that we don't all have to speak Spanish, English, French, whatever, 
we all speak drilling and marching, you oh. know, and that's, that's a language that crosses all borders. And that's just exciting. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So uh, before I get into my next question, I just have to add on to that because that it's so true. It's, it's just a feeling. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Just, and you said something that many Pathfinders have said to me in my experience. They said, I get to see myself progress and become something better and Mm -hmm. become more disciplined and seeing that happen in young pathfinders becoming leaders because Mm -hmm. drilling and marching is just oh it's just such a great thing so i can't wait to see greater new york at oshkosh and i will i'll be there with a stern face (laughs) judging i'll have a stern face judging I'll, i'll i'll look at the every little nook and cranny so Uh, We welcome all of the judgment. We welcome it. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Um, So uh, going, still going into Pathfinders, um, what do you think was the hardest part being an area coordinator? Oh, being an area coordinator. Um, I think, well, you know, I came in pretty exciting, excited when I started doing that. I was, uh, what was it, 20 years old Mm. when I started. Um, and I remember I felt really young. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so young. And everyone seems to know what they're talking about. I'm still kind of like figuring it out myself. But I think the hardest part, I, it was simple to figure it out. But at the beginning, it's hard to be able to kind of like let a pathfinder know, like, you don't have to be afraid of me. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm here to be your friend and I'm here to be a guide and I'm here to help. Because, you know, mostly kids are scared because they often see their area coordinators for like testing (laughs) when you go there and you have to test them on their books and they're like super freaked out. And I think that that was something I wanted to change. I wanted to change this idea that we were just coming in to judge their performance, but we were there more to, to help you so that you can continue growing. And yes, we were expecting excellence, but it's because excellence is already in you. You just have to work at it. Um, But I, that was for me the most challenging part. Everything else I think that, uh, as a master guide, you know, if you go through all of your, your classes, you start, your leadership just continues to grow. And by the time you make it to being a master guide, and then you have the honor to be a, uh, an area coordinator, you just kind of combine all of these things. And the most important part is to remember that you have to be your own type of leader. You cannot just imitate the way someone else does it, because that's probably not going to be the way you can do it successfully. So I just think that just being able to break that wall between Pathfinder and area coordinator was, was my mission and it wasn't easy, but I, I'd like to say that I, I, I you know, I got to do this in kids. Yeah, it's true. It's because, you know, we got the, the two stars and the big cord Oof. and drill instructors. We wear the whistle. You guys wear the ascot as well. <laughs> so you guys are all decked out. Of course, sometimes the Pathfinder is going to be like, Oh, oh, here they come, you know, looking yeah. like stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Cause I used, I, I used to wear the, yeah, I used to wear the smoke and bear, and yeah. Pathfinders were really like, oh, no, it's the guy with the big hat. <laughs> so then I moved on to the shiny helmet, and now mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, look at that guy. He's wearing a sh-. And now, now it changed. So I wear the shiny helmet now, and the kids love me. Yeah, we, we love it. We definitely love it in New York. <laughs> <laughs> but I still need an ascot, by the way. Um, yeah, oh, well, <laughs> you and half the world now. <laughs> Yes, they're asking for that. I noticed. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask is you also love adventure ministry. That's mm-hmm. something I've noticed as well. Um, yeah. We haven't really talked about adventure ministry on this podcast. Could you give us a little insight into that ministry? 
Well, it's, it's so funny because I remember, you know, my whole life, especially in my club, my, my, I come from Spanish university, Seventh-day Adventist church in the Bronx. And, uh, you know, university, it, that club is, has a real special place in my heart. Just to have seen it grow. You know, at one point we took 92 pathfinders to Camp Rhee, and it was like uh, such a ginormous accomplishment for us because we knew the hard work we put in. So my whole life, I wanted to be the pathfinder director for that club. I was like, that's my aspiration. My dad was a director. And then I remember a few years ago, I think it was like three years ago, um, they called me up and they're like, well, you know, uh, your name was nominated to be the adventure director. Mm. And I'll admit, I was so bummed. I was like, adventure director? I don't even like kids like that. Like, they're pretty annoying, especially the kids in my church. Um, and I remember I was like, mom, I don't, I don't think this is what I want to do. Like, I don't really work with kids. I don't even know how they came up with my name. And my mom was like, you know, pray about it. You know, just sit down, meditate a little bit and, and see how you feel. You're listening to Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. be writing in a notebook and I was like I'm just planning out the year there's so much work that we need to do there and she's like so you're gonna do it I was like I'm gonna do it this is a challenge and I'm gonna take it and I came to realize that uh adventures ultimately you know I know that a lot of manuals they tell us like no an adventure club is not a mini pathfinder club you can't run it that way which is true in a sense but at least what I came to learn with my kids is that to be able to put in their mind, like you are basically small pathfinders and they felt this sense of responsibility to uphold that. And all of a sudden we had kids who like, you know, obviously I'm not expecting them to be like the most perfect uh, parade rest or attention or anything, but to see them actually trying and to see them so committed to completing their books, because I reminded them, you guys have to be proud to be adventurers, you know, and that in itself is something wonderful. And I think that the more love you put into it and the more you remember that you might be the only Jesus that these kids see, the more that helps you guide your ministry the way it needs to be guided, like with God. And I mean, I, I came out of there and now I'm, I'm an adventurer through and through. I love my babies. I just, I love that ministry. I think that when done right, it's just the perfect launching pad to create new leaders. And I mean, my, the, the biggest accomplishment for me when I was there was not only the work I did with the kids there, but that when I left, um, the, the team now is comprised mostly of Pathfinders who started their leadership there that we had never even considered. And I said, you know what, maybe these kids have a gift to work with children. And now we have like subdirectors and we have instructors who are 17, 16, 15 years old helping the Adventure Club. And it's like, this is what it's all about, creating leaders and finding their niche within our church. Wow. Awesome. Um, yeah. So, I'm going to ask a little difficult question. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. You became an area coordinator at 20. And usually, um, what I've seen is area coordinators are of an older age. How was that, becoming <laughs> a coordinator at such a young age? Did, was there people who were hesitant seeing you in a leadership role or something like that? All right, well, here we go. Put me in the hot seat, let's be honest. I, I like to think I'm a very honest person. <laughs> yeah. um, it was difficult. It was very difficult. Um, 
because even considering more than anything, the fact that uh, there were other things, for example, I had literally just graduated from Master Guide. Um, and so I remember that I was excited. You know, I looked up to these area coordinators. I never thought I would be one, you know, I just thought it was impossible. I was like, you need to have years and years of accumulated knowledge. Um, and I was excited, but I think that unfortunately what tends to happen in our churches um, and, and it happens in Pathfinder ministry, we forget the story of David and Samuel, mm. you know, Samuel was looking for a king and he had certain expectations of what a king should look like. Um, and some, so many times we have expectations of what a specific leader should look like, of what an area coordinator, a pastor, a youth director should look like. Um, but ultimately, like, Jesus, like God told Samuel, you know, he said, I look, I'm looking at his heart. I'm not looking at the exterior. I'm looking at where that, their heart is, their mind is. Um, and I think that maybe some people were not remembering that God was looking at my heart. And if God gave me this opportunity and allowed me to do this, it was because God knew that my heart was in the right place. You know, I, there was, there was, I don't think at that time there was anybody more excited than I was, uh, you know, about Pathfinder Ministries. And it was hard to navigate that to the point that I'll be honest, it, it took a toll and I ended up resigning um, just because it got, it got real hard to know that there was so much backlash happening. Um, sorry about that. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't being directly told of these things, but I did hear about it. You know, like it happens in church. Unfortunately, you'll hear about it from someone else. And, um, and I was, you know, there were a lot of people that also didn't know what I was going through. You know, I was a college student and I was having a hard time there. There were some personal issues that I was going through. And just to add that on, it was, it was frustrating. Um, and I actually, at that time when I resigned as area coordinator, I stopped working with Pathfinders for about a year and a half or two years. I wasn't doing drilling and marching. And I just kind of thought, that's it. I think I left it behind me. Um, but God was like, I'm not done with you yet. So you're going to have to come back. But I just think it's about remembering God's calling. And then now I just remember that what they, you know, what people might have done towards me, I don't want to repeat. I don't want to kill that spirit in any young person. So, yeah. Yeah, I know that question was for the hot seat, but I know that Ooh. that testimony was something that young people need to hear. That yeah. and and some, I'll say, seasoned leaders need to hear as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you are an outstanding area coordinator. I see it from miles away in Southern New England Conference. I was like, <laughs> look at her, what she's doing. She's in her twenties and doing all these great things, and it's just yeah. about when God gives a young person a call, mm -hmm. seek the leaders out there, give them a chance and mentor them and mm -hmm. discourage them, let them have that shot. And of course they'll mess up, but be there mm -hmm. to help them get up. So um, yeah. going along into that vein about mentorship, mm -hmm. you have a statement that, or some memory that a mentor said to you or taught you that sticks with you to this day? Well, especially, specifically in um, uh, Pathfinder Ministries, I've had the blessing to have multiple extraordinary mentors, you know, the wonderful people amongst those is uh, Ray, uh, Ray Hospitalis. He was the first person to call me into drilling and marching. Um, and there was, there's Damien Bascombe, who I depend on for a lot of things. 
But I think that ultimately the first person that really, really just kind of first initiated that love for Pathfinders and mentored me right through was my dad. Um, my dad, he's, he's a pretty big, big name in the Dominican Republic. Um, what they call La Asociación Dominicana del Sureste, the southeast part of the country. Uh, but if you ask him, he will never mention it. I didn't know about it until other people were like, oh, yes, Moses, he trained me, he trained this person. He never says it at all. Mm -hmm. And when he was the Pathfinder director, my dad is a pretty quiet guy. And he would just stand in the back. He'd put the counselors in a meeting. And he'd be like, okay, so we're trying to do this, this, and this. Go on. Let's get it done. And he would kind of just stand in the back, hands in his pockets, and just watch us do what we had to do. And I will never forget, uh, during our first Pathfinder campaign with him as director, when we took the 92 Pathfinders, um, it was Bill Wood, is it? Yeah, I think it was Bill Wood. For the Wood? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that was, yeah, it was him. Yes, Bill He Wood. was there. He was there. And I remember I was so excited. I was like, oh my gosh, like, Bill Wood is going to come see our Pathfinders. And they called for the director. And I remember my dad kind of just like shoved me in the arm. And he's like, director, they're calling me. And I was like, what? You're the director. He was like, I'm the what? I'm leaving. And he just kind of stood in the back. Wow. And he would always do that. People did not know he was the director. They thought it was either me or one of the other counselors. Wow. And he didn't have to say anything to me. It was just the way he was. He was always calm and collected. And I saw him with the kids. And still to this day, we have Pathfinders who call him dad. You know, and he has that relationship and just to see him as a director and see the work and the legacy that he left in that club, it inspired me to be the director and the leader that I am now. You know, I aspire to be someone who's that humble, but someone who's that hardworking, but is never seeking the, you know, the praise of anyone and is just seeking to make sure that these kids, uh, you know, see Christ and they want to follow him and they can become great leaders themselves. So, that, I mean, that's my, that's my mentor of all mentors. <laughs> Wow, that story yeah. is powerful. So here's the union director, union youth director, the time to bring all the pomp and circumstance, the show off time, where mm -hmm. usually a director can just be like, here is my club. And he just yeah. said, you're the director. Yeah. You go talk to Millwood. Wow. Yeah. There's a picture where it's, I have a picture somewhere. Um, where I'm literally like talking to Bill Wood and there's another counselor and my dad is not even in the picture. Wow. That, mm -hmm. that now that so for those listening that is some powerful mentorship where you thrust that person your mentee into that leadership position and yeah. without the fear of them falling and just mm -hmm. putting them in that highest regard that is that is, that yeah. is great that is awesome yeah um so sister Reyes, <laughs> you do a lot adventure ministry Pathfinder ministry. Um, I, I also noticed that you like to visit um, other countries and do some work. Could you mm -hmm. give us a little insight on that? Yeah, uh, actually, a few years ago, I participated in a beauty pageant uh, for Miss Guatemala USA East Coast. Uh, and uh, I won, <laughs> which was great. And it was exciting. And it was a wonderful experience. Um, I actually didn't go through with the other part, which was competing in Guatemala to then have the chance to go to Miss Universe and represent the country. Um, I didn't continue because of actually like a few issues within my church and, and just, you know, the whole Adventist beauty queen world is just not, you know, it's like oil and water. Mm. Um, 
so obviously I, I the, the reasons why I wanted to do it were because I wanted a platform to be able to help Guatemalans in Guatemala and also the immigrant community in New York, you know, be a voice and do awesome projects. Um, but it didn't happen. But, you know, I, I asked God, I was like, God, you know my heart and what I want is a platform. And ultimately what I want is to be able to say, I'm a Seventh-day Adventist and I believe this is what the word of God says and this is who I should be in, as a reflection of Christ. Um, and God just opened doors for me. And the first thing that happened actually was a few months after I had uh, resigned the crown, um, out of nowhere, I got a Facebook message of some guy in DR and he's like, hey, we're putting together a youth congress, oh, Mexico, sorry. He's like, we're putting together a youth congress here in Mexico. We'd love for you to come speak to us because we saw you were a beauty queen and a master guide. Mm. And they had never heard me speak. You know, I speak at my church, but no one else had really heard me. And I said, yes. I was like, I'll definitely go. And I went out there and I gave, uh, I spoke twice at the conference on Saturday and on Sunday, um, just about my experience of being a young Adventist person and moving in such a difficult world and what is beauty and all these things. And after that, God just continued opening doors. I was able to go to Aruba to the first ever youth Congress that they had last year. Uh, I did like a mini tour in the Dominican Republic last September. I have a few other invitations in the Dominican Republic and a few things that we're working on for Guatemala just to go over there and, and spread, you know, the message of God and just talk about what it's like to be a young person and the things that we deal with, but how we can still stand firm for God, even when the whole world right now has turned their back on him. You know, it's all about being faithful. And I think that God has just given me this ministry in my hands and I'm not about to fumble that. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, just so you guys know, she is a former beauty queen, but yes. master guide. Um, so last time I saw her at God Encounters 2018, I said, your highness. And <laughs> she was like, no, don't do that. So <laughs> don't do that to Kenya. Um, <laughs> she, she's very humble. Um, last question. Well, not really a question, but um, there's probably a 20 year old master guide somewhere who feels the call to really stand up for youth ministry somewhere, maybe even being called to become an area coordinator or a youth director, pathfinder director. What words of motivation or inspiration can you give somebody like that? I'm, I'm trying to remember, uh, you know, I come from a Spanish, a Hispanic background. So the first thing that came to my mind was, uh, Esfuerzate y se valiente, which is Joshua 1.9. What is that in English? Be uh, courageous. <laughs> uh, well, basically what it's saying is, because I can only remember it in Spanish right now, is, you know, just work hard and be courageous. Like, don't be afraid. Um, I can say that I was intimidated a lot because, you know, there's people who are older and they might know more. What do I know? You know, but when we look at the story of like, we look at the story of Samuel, for example, he was called as a child. When we look at David, he was called as a young person, you know, and Jesus himself, like he started his, his whole like ministry life as, as a kid first, and then a young person and then a young adult. We see all these examples, you know, the disciples weren't these old guys who were like 50 years old. Um, so I think that ultimately we just need to remember that God if he's calling you, he's going to give you what you need to be able to get the work done. I'm at the GC right now. It was 
something that like, I kid you not, I never even considered at all. And now I look at what I'm doing and how I can speak to so many pathfinders worldwide. And I can implement projects with, with Pastor Peralta that I know will impact the world. You know, I go, who am I? You know, and I think that that was what God intended. Like God literally was like, you definitely don't have the qualifications for this, but I'm going to give it to you and you're going to see what I can do through you. So to any 20 something year old, or even a teenager, if they're telling you to be Pathfinder director, adventure director in your church, because there's no one else who can take it. So it's up to you. Be courageous. Just remember that if God is calling you for such a time as this is because he's going to give you exactly what you need. He's going to prepare you. And even when it gets real difficult and it gets real hard, you need to remember that the captain of the boat of your life is God. And he's going to make sure that waves, they can crash, they can do whatever, the storm can just roar, but ultimately you won't drown. And this might be scary right now, but when you're at the top of the mountain and you look back down and you go, man, that was quite a ride, quite an adventure, and look how far God has brought me. So just wow. be, be courageous. Wow. Powerful. So I think that is a great way to end it. Uh, you saying, remember that Christ is the captain. Mm-hmm. If God is calling you to be a lieutenant, don't worry, because Christ is the captain. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. So, Sister Reyes, thank you for all you do. Put in a good word for me at the GC so I can be drilling and marching coordinator. Oh, geez. I don't think that happened. I'm kidding. I got you. I got you. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely, look at that. We're definitely, yes. that, look at that chosen pin. Chosen we're, pin. I hope to see everybody at Oshkosh. I'm going to be at the GC booth. So just stop by and then let's have some fun. Awesome. Awesome. God bless. Thank you so much for coming on and uh, continue that good work at the GC. Thank you for having me. God bless you too. Thank you. So that's the episode, everybody. I hope it was helpful, informative, and most of all, inspiring. If you enjoyed this content and know of a church leader or any person who could benefit from this, stop hesitating and share it with them. Feel free to subscribe and please leave a review and a comment so we can use this platform to help serve each other better. So until next week, I'll see you right here at Youth Ministry and Mentorship 101, where we always say youth ministry isn't a stepping stone into ministry. It is ministry period.